0: You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlin. Well, we've been in a series that we started a couple of weeks ago called Under My Roof. And the premise of this really, my heart is this, is that when you go to bed at night, that you would experience the peace that God wants you to have in your home. Because peace is an elusive thing. In the world that we live in we would say, here's a lot of different paths that you can go on to be able to experience or have or maintain peace. And yet, if we believe God or take God seriously at His Word, we, we, we would trust and hope that really the only way to experience peace that passes understanding of what the Bible says is to do things God's way. And so we also understand this, that, that you know, Joshua said this. He goes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So my prayer is that as we've been going through this series, we've been talking about that God's our provider. We've been talking about finances. These are things that erode our peace. We've been talking about marriage. Uh, today, we're gonna highlight parenting. And, and just as a, a heads up, I have like 85 points today. So I'm going to, and this is just i am I'm gonna, some of them I'm gonna spend some time on. Other of them I'm gonna go through really quickly. It's gonna be like drinking from a fire hydrant. I'm a, I'm a little bit, um, and, and truthfully, I probably could have done this in several several Sundays, but, and, and maybe we will in the future, but today's kind of an overview. I I, I was listening, I was with my kids actually at the zoo in Columbia when I overheard some ladies talking about their preacher uh, over Christmas. and And I was just sitting nearby and I could overhear the conversation and it was hilarious, because one lady's like, she, the lady, they don't go to the same church, and she was like, you should have heard our preacher Christmas service. He had 36 points, and all of it was boring. And by point eighteen, people just were like, Nope, we gotta go to Christmas, and got up and started walking around. <laughs> Bless his heart. And so, I'm cognizant of that. I do have a lot of points, but I'm gonna do my best. So we're gonna, we're gonna highlight this. You know, okay. I can't cover all the things with parenting, but I do wanna say this. Um, God understands parental pain. And even though I can't cover everything, I just wanna acknowledge for a moment because I know, I know there's families in here who have some prodigals or some kids who have just chosen to go on, on a different path. And one of the most beautiful things about God is that when we go to God, we don't go to a God who doesn't understand. In fact, Hebrews says this. We go to a God who's our high priest, and when we go to him, he understands because he has walked in our shoes, And so it's a beautiful thing that when we go and say, God, here's the thing that's been breaking my heart, God understands because God understands parental pain. If anybody understands parental pain, it's God. In fact, many of us in this room are our own prodigals in our walk with God and he's been waiting for us to come home and here we are. And so for those who have prodigals, and, and I also wanna say this, you can do everything right and it still doesn't go well. You know, some of the most jacked up kids are pastor's kids. Y'all know that? That's like a thing, right? I am a missionary kid. That's like extra level of like I should be, you know. And 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 I'm definitely a very flawed, imperfect human being, but, you know, you can do all these things right, and yet at the same time, things can be very challenging and difficult. So there needs to be a level of grace when we talk about parenting. Now, having said that, this is gonna be like drinking from a fire hose. I'm gonna spend some time on some things. Others, I'm just gonna like bullet point through. But we're gonna start off, actually the title of the message is simply this, the best investment. And one of the things that we believe here at Renovation, by the way, do you know why pastor's kids are jacked up? I'll tell you why, several things. One is because sometimes you can act one way on stage, but different at home. And so we can get up and proclaim God's truth and then get home and pastors live a very different life. And kids, sniff. by the way, there's no better sniffer on something that's not true than kids. And they have no problem calling you out on stuff. And so that's one reason. Let me tell you another reason why a lot of pastor's kids are honestly jacked up because the pastor's always out with the people and never home. And so one of the things that I've loved about Renovation Church is that, is that we take our home seriously. And to me, it does no good to help pastor and shepherd a church and yet my kids don't know who I am. And so I have a big investment and we do as, as a staff. We, we believe, hey, your family is your first priority. They're your first thing. And, and honestly, that, that's something that we hope our families and our church to model. You can build a career but your home is more important. And so the challenge is, is that how do we navigate through this thing and this parental thing? And so anyway, so here we go. I've already said I'm gonna go fast and I'm not going fast. All right, Deuteronomy 6. God's word says this. These are, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children After them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy long life. God has vastly more for you than he ever could want from you. He wants so much more for you than he ever wants from you. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with Boston creams, and bloomin' onions, and steaks cooked with the right seasoning, and baked potatoes with the right mixture of butter. Okay, a land flowing with milk and honey. By the way, those of you who love milk, I don't like milk. Having grown up overseas, okay. I, I said I was going to go fast. All right, move. All right, all right. All right, I'm super ADD and I'm sorry. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. So, man, what is the ultimate goal? If you're a follower of Jesus and you are a parent, what is the ultimate goal? And I think it matters to kind of highlight, as parents, as followers of Christ, if those two things intersect. What are we actually aiming to do? So, This is, I wanna start off with this thought, ready? A parent's priority is to gradually transfer a child's dependence away from them until it solely rests on God. That's a mouthful. But ultimately, as a parent, one of the things that we're trying to do is, is to move the kid and say, listen, You're gonna be dependent on me for a number of years to help you figure out life, but eventually what I want you to see is that I am dependent on our God and you can move away from dependence on me into dependence on God. So that's ultimately what a parent's role is. Now, the reason I started off with Deuteronomy and we're gonna look at Deuteronomy some more is this. Moses talks to the people of Israel and he says, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna challenge you that you and your homes and your kids and then their kids that you would learn to know what it means to follow after the Lord. That when you learn to follow after the Lord, it will go well with you in the land. And this as a parent, taking taking what God has done for us, taking how he has changed our past and moving us into actually a much better future is something that in our family context, my wife and I and our three kids, is something that I get to see as a second generation Christian from my dad's house. And when we just got a chance to go on vacation, we went to Cincinnati, where my dad is from. And, And many of the stories about how my dad came to know the Lord and things like that, we've shared with you guys as a church. So I'm not gonna rehash those, but I'll say it this way. My family, on my dad's side, before Christ, had unbelievable levels of trauma and brokenness. So much so that a lot of the family doesn't even talk to each other because of the severe trauma that happened. And there was all kinds of issues. And then somewhere along the way, my dad, miraculously, just through the Lord, came in and received Christ. And at that moment, so much stuff changed. And it was because of Jesus. And, 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 and then after he changed, then the home that I grew up in was different from the home that he grew up in. And... and, and my dad was a very imperfect person. I have all kinds of hilarious stories how my dad, because you know, we get saved, but then we have to work it through, right? God's still working on us. So my dad's a mission, I mean, I just saw, it's just, my dad's imperfect. But, but I got a chance to see him genuinely follow after the Lord in the home that, again, I grew up in, was different. And then my wife and I get married, and we begin to have kids, and I'm looking at my kids, and do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying to myself, you don't know the blessings of what God has done because your grandfather, my dad, came to know Jesus. And because he came to know Jesus, I know Jesus, and because we follow after Jesus, you have an opportunity to be able to follow after Jesus yourself. It's this pattern and this thing that breaks and it's absolutely incredible. And so my dad grew up in a very, just just all these different things, got radically saved, ended up moving to the mission, met my mom, moved to the mission field, served the Lord, And one of the most unique kind of cool things that happened was that my wife and I went overseas. My parents were living overseas. We were serving in two separate organizations in the same country, in the same city. In fact, our houses were about 10 minutes apart. And my dad had a church that he had started and planted. It was called Coinenia Church in Managua, Nicaragua. And our daughter was born there. And then our son is born there. And then God called my wife and I back to the States. And right before we came back to the States, we had our both of our kids dedicated at my dad's church. And I'm gonna show you pictures. This is in 2013. I'm gonna show you some pictures. This is of our family. Now, leave me leave on this picture for a second if you can. You have to understand, this This isn't just a child dedication. This is a breaking of our family line. Because if you go up and up, and it doesn't mean that our other, my, 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 my grandfather on oh, my dad's side, I never met him. In fact, his name was Richard, and he passed away long before I was born. My middle name is Richard. And so I have his name, but, but I, it's just, my dad came to know Christ. Followed after Christ, and He created a home in which the Lord led me, and I now follow after Christ. And one of the incredible experiences is here we are in His church, and our kids, my kids, got a chance to be dedicated in the environment. It's just, you have to understand the significance of this. And so, I'll get some more pictures from that this morning. Here's the church praying for them. The church met, this is a school that they met at. By the way, uh, you know, okay, I gotta keep going. Sorry, I was tell. Okay, I, I gotta keep going. Here's another picture. My little girl curly is getting picked up by her papa. And I'll just do one more picture. Here's our family. And, and and so it's this, it's this. Now, can I tell you something? Our family is far from perfect, and I'm far from perfect. But the reason I'm showing you these pictures is because Moses is talking to the people of Israel and he's telling them this: God got you out of Egypt. You were bound, you were trapped. You had no choice on your own. You had to do whatever you were told. You were literal slaves. You had no way out. God saw where you were and God got you out of there because God is a good God who doesn't want you to be bound up and tied up. And what does God do? He's leading you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And so Moses says, Listen, because of what God has done for you, you can trust God as you go into the future. So, what are you meant to do? In your homes. Teach your kids and have their kids teach their kids. It's this passing down of, listen, look at what God has done and look at how you can trust God moving in. And so we have this basis for how do we do this as parents. So what we do is because what God has done for us and I can look at my family, it's evident what God has done for our family, how God saved my dad, how my dad became a different person and then now I grew up in a different home and now my kids grow up in a different home. And so I can say, when I read Deuteronomy, what was is no longer, and a new story has begun. That's what church is beautiful, and listen, if that's not your story, guess what? You know what? God can redeem any story, because if you're not dead, God's not done, and just what we said this morning, you can take God at his word, and so we can trust him, and so as parents, we look, and so our goal is to be able to say, let me, let me put it to you simply, ready? As parents, when I, when I do my kids, ultimately, is to say, listen, kids, God, listen, kids, God, and I, I, I don't do that all, often as well as I should, but I do it to a point where I'm, I'm able to be able to say God. Now, having said that, here's a phrase I wanna I'm be able to tell you parents, ready? It's, it's a simple phrase, but it's simply this, ready? I wanna acknowledge this, that God believes in you. Parenting is stinking hard work. Any Man, parenting is hard. It's difficult, being consistent. Um, but I wanna tell you something, God believes in you. I'm gonna illustrate it this way. Does anybody have a soccer ball? Anyone have a soccer ball? Oh, Gary, you have a soccer ball. Oh, that's so shocking. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary, for having a soccer ball randomly. When I was, when I was a kid, I was like, uh, like tween age, I started to realize that I could play a little bit of soccer. Now, I, I was in neighborhoods, wasn't any part of any teams. We're living in South America, but... My parents happened to come back to the States for a little period of time. When we were in Raleigh, North Carolina, my parents signed me up for a soccer summer camp and it was this massive, I'm talking like tons and tons and tons of kids. And the coach that I had started to realize that Jeremy can actually play a little bit of soccer. And towards the end of camp and doing all these different things, he was coaching me and he was cheering me on and I could just hear his voice be like, Jeremy, you're, you're actually, you're, you're really good. Like You can actually do this stuff. And, and, and he would say these things and at the end of, at the end of camp, there were three major competitions that all of the, all the soccer people, the coaches could promote. Hey, here's some kids that could enter the competitions. And one of them was a goalie one, and he didn't put me in that one, but the other two, one was a shooting one, and the other one was a dribbling one. And he chose me for the two other ones. And I'm like, well, coach, I don't know if I can do these things. And I remember his voice being like, no, 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 Jeremy, what I see in you is that you absolutely can do these things. And I remember as a kid, I mean, there was, it was a massive soccer camp. And just kids everywhere and the shooting one came and I went out there and I shot and I made it to the, almost the finals and the kid, it was like a massive confidence boost but I remember my coach, I don't even remember his name, I wish I did. He just looked at me, he's like, I know that you can do it. And then the final one was a dribbling one in which you had to keep your ball with you at your feet the whole time and all the other kids had balls and the goal was to knock the other kids' balls out while you maintained your ball without getting it knocked out. And so, like, I don't know, tons of kids got put in this giant square. And I started off, and I was kind of in the corner doing my thing. And then slowly it went down from, like, I don't know, it was an insane amount of kids. It was, like, complete chaos, 80 kids to then, like, 50 to then it was, like, I don't know, 10 of us. And then as it got down to 10, I'm like, I might be able to win this thing. Like, holy cow, like, this is like a legit thing, like I might be able to actually do something here. And this is getting exciting and I'm getting nervous and what's gonna happen here? And then I can hear my coach be like, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And it's like his life depended on it, my coach. And I'm like, ah, ah. And it got down to one kid. And he had a mullet. And I'm like, I can take him. <laughs> this kid's got a mullet. Yeah, he's a little more aerodynamic, I guess, but like, sad thing is now in the future, his hair probably is still thick. I don't even know. <laughs> That's how that works, I guess. But, And I remember I knocked his ball out and I had my ball and everyone started cheering and my coach went up and he's like, ah! Remember my coach's voice. When it comes to parenting, there's things, guilt and shame and emotion that can come in. And then the Bible says this in Psalms, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, woven together before we even take our first breath, God has his hands making us and forming us. And we look at that from from a personal perspective that God formed us. But I want you to look at it from this way, ready? When a child is in the womb and God's hands are forming that child, what he's saying is he trusts you enough to raise his creation. In other words, he believes in you enough to give you this precious gift. And the Bible says that children are a blessing, that 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 he's making it and creating it, that that's how much God believes in you. And what the enemy would love nothing more to do is to tell you you can't do this and to tell you you're gonna fail how you've jacked it up in the past and how things are not gonna go well. And we can be so motivated by guilt and shame and I'm here in the name of Jesus to tell you that God believes in you and that you can trust that if God believes in you, you can believe in you. And, and th- I wanna hone here for a second because this is a faith issue that I see play out many times in other areas, ready? It is so easy for us to have faith for God to work in other people and it's so easy for us to have faith that God can do things out there. Do you know where it's hard to have faith? Right here, that God can use me. This is where faith always happens. And when you read the Bible in the New Testament, there's a story of Peter where Jesus is walking on water and Peter sees Jesus walking on water and he's like, Jesus, if you're walking on water, call out to me and I'll walk out on water. And Jesus says, come, Peter. And so Peter looks and he thinks, if Jesus can do it, then I can do it. And Peter takes a step out of the boat and he begins walking towards Jesus. And you know this story. You know what happens. He begins to look at the wind and the waves and then he begins to sink. And we always take that to mean that Peter gets distracted by the wind and the waves. And certainly that's part of it. But do you know what I really think happens in Peter's heart? He's like, why am I walking on water? What kind of moron would do this? Why am I out? I can't even swim, he might be thinking to himself. Like, this is a complete disaster. And this is what faith is. When when God says, listen, you know where I want to work? I want to work through you. And you're like, me? He's like, yes. You're like, I'm good right now. So what more incredible way that God would want to work than to give you a blessing of kids, that you have the unbelievable opportunity to be able to speak life into. And as Deuteronomy says, from your kids to their kids to their kids. And I'm here to tell you something, especially especially for those who are experiencing prodigal pain, God understands. And you can do all the things right, but I'm here to tell you, if if you're not dead, God's not done. That God is able to redeem almost any situation in any way and that God absolutely believes in you. And you need to understand how much God, listen, you know what he's saying? He's saying, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. Do you know why the voice of a father and a mother matters so much? Because God believes in you. He's given you a voice for a reason that's significant and you can use that to help speak and to build and to do. So, God believes in you. And listen, can I just say this? And I sense right now there might be some guilt and some shame and some brokenness in this room. God does not lead through condemnation. For anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. And the enemy should not keep you bound up, pointing to you where all your mistakes are had. My prayer is that you would experience freedom and understand how much God loves you and how much God called you and gives you the tools to be able to do it, to be able to do it well. So, now, I did say we have a lot of things. So having said those two things, I put this in two parts. Be scared because I have like 18 more points and I'm gonna do them quick, okay? Two parts with a lot of different things. Training, training is the first one. So how do we do this? That's really the question. Well, we gotta train our kids. And let's, go to, let's keep going to Deuteronomy. Verse six says this. These commandments that I give to you today, um, the, or, excuse me, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. uh, Tie them as symbols to your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on door frames over your houses and on your gates. Do you get a hint that when it comes to telling kids? You know what it says? It says, tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them. You know what I still tell my kids? Turn off the light when you leave a room. When you turn on a light, turn off a light. When you turn on a light, turn off a light. When you open a door, close a door. When you get something out, you put it back. I've not had to say it once. I'm still saying it right now. Turn off, so Deuteronomy is very clear. Tell them and tell them again. When you're on the road, you tell them and when you're home, you tell them and at night, you tell them and in the morning, you tell them. You repeat it and you do it and what you're doing is you're training and this is the, the, the thing that I wanna focus on is we get an opportunity to be able to train our kids. Now we understand training from like, okay, helping them learn how to walk, helping them learn how to learn how to ride a bike. This last week, I was able to teach my five-year-old to swim and, and it was like, I feel like I, I feel like I need a medal, to be honest with you. Like I accomplished something significant. We're, we're in the pool and, 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 and I'm throwing them up in the water to land and, and he got out and he looked at me and he goes, Dad, throw me like a real man. And so I was like, <laughs> All right, it's like that, huh? I'll straight throw you in the deep end. How's that for a real man? (laughs) He was actually hilarious. He goes, dad, throw me like a real man. That's been a thing lately. We'll play fight. He's like, anyway, all right, fight me like a real man. Anyway, he's five. But this last week, finally taught him how to to actually, to swim, and I I watched his little five-year-old self jump off the diving board into the deep end and like do this, and do you know who could have been more proud? I'm going, (sighs) I was just like, yeah. And so, as parents, we get a chance to be able to, as as Deuteronomy says, teach them and train them. So how do we train them? Well, here's the bullet point list of areas, and there's certainly more than this, but I want you to see just, and man, what a difference it makes in some of these areas, ready? You can train them on how to manage money. Man, and by the way, if you're like, well, I'm not really sure how to do this, well, this is where God's word is beautiful. All of these things can be found in God's word. Uh, Here's another one, ready? This is massive. You can train them how to select friends. We did a, I, 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 I tell my kids all the time, You will do well in life if you have the right friends. And by the way, can I say this? You can never go down the right path with the wrong group of friends. You can have a couple friends that you love and reach out to, but your friends are key to where you go in life. And so I, I was like, you need to pick your friends very, very wisely. Here's another thing, ready? You can train them to watch their words. That's massive. And that's where I don't always do the best. And so where I recognize words are important, and this is also an area of, of like, okay, conviction, okay, how, how do I handle my words even better? I had told this story several times here in the church, but we got one of those push cars, that's a, it's a car, but we push it behind for our, our, our little, our, our son. He was, man, I don't know, he's 10 now, but he was probably three back then. And as I'm pushing him in our neighborhood, this is in Simpsonville, I saw him turn the wheel and honk the horn and go, ah! And I'm like, who did he learn that from? <laughs> Jess, you need to start guarding how you drive. Watch your words, honey. I'm a beacon of peace. I'm like, like, my, my son's honking the horn at the age of three, anyway. mm-hmm. Here's another one, ready? You can train them how to be responsible. Can I say this? You can't train someone to be responsible if you always rescue them from consequences. And I, just as a heads up, if you always rescue them from consequences, that's gonna always lead down the wrong path. And we talk about parental pain. It's the pain that could be avoided that you know has to be a lesson that needs to be learned, right? And it's, it's there. We can train them to be responsible. Again, I have a thousand points, so I need to keep going. We can train them to guard their heart and mind this is, you know, I, you know I'm, I, there's, a, there's a great Bible study on the Bible app I've actually done with, my, like, not all my kids, but I've done with some of them. It, it's called Winning the War in Your Mind. It's written by Craig Grishel. He actually wrote a book. He's an awesome pastor. And I, I didn't, listen, it, it, I did this with my kids. I, I took my son, my son and I did this together. This is, and it talks about how, as Christians, we need to learn to think the right way to be able to live. That's a big thing of mine when I preach. I'm like, how do we think in the right way for certain things? Well, teaching them the, to, to guard their heart, hearts and minds there's all kinds of resources to be able to out there to do it. If you go on the U Version Bible app, you have no idea what I'm talking about, there's a U Version Bible app, it's just the Holy Bible app, and you look for plans, and you find the plan that says, uh, um, winning the war in your mind, it's just like a seven day plan with verses and points, and my son and I, we went through it, we prayed together, we read the verses together, we talked about it together. You don't have to be the beacon of all resources in order to be able to do some of these things, and so it's really, really cool, so we can do that. Here's the last one, ready? You can train them to fear the Lord. And this is something that while my home, the home that I grew up in, you know, wasn't perfect because my parents are not perfect. The thing that they instilled in me that I cherish more than anything else in the world is that my parents feared the Lord. They feared God. And we didn't have a lot of money, but do you know what we had a lot of? We had a lot of peace. And I didn't understand it when I was a kid. I didn't know it. But I look back and I'm like, man, you know, you you can have all, I, I was with someone recently Who's, who's building this unbelievably beautiful house but whose home is just broken right now. And you know he looked at me and we're standing in his house and it's this ridiculous house. And he's looking at me and he goes, "I would trade all of this just to have peace in my home." Yeah. And the thing that my parents instilled in me, he goes, "Man, fear the Lord." And they fear the Lord, and they instilled that in me. And so if there's anything I can give my kids, it's that they would fear the Lord. And when I talk about fear, I'm not talking about being afraid of God that he's gonna zap you with lightning bolts. When I say fear, I mean in all of that God is good, that he still sits on a throne that is unshakable and unmoving, and that my kids, hopefully, first response to life is anything that would come at them is to be able to say, no, 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 my God still reigns, and I will not be shaken. And, And listen, we don't have to live perfect lives in order to be able to experience God's provision and protection over our life, but we do have to be surrendered to God. You will never surrender to a God that you don't think is good or powerful or mighty. And so we surrender over to God and it produces this fear. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we get a chance to experience. Listen, that's just a small list. I told you it's a bullet point of areas in which we have the incredible opportunity to be able to train our kids on. And can I just tell you something? God believes in you. God believes in you and says, hey, you've got this. You can do this. Train them, teach them. Yeah, you may not be perfect in some of these areas, but some of these, man, you're doing pretty good or better than you think that you are. And the areas that you're maybe not doing as good. you know what you can do? Why don't you learn and grow a little bit yourself? You know what I've learned about kids? They don't care about you being right as much as they care about you being real. Absolutely. And so if you can be real, like be real, like, hey, here's the deal, listen. And let me, you know something that God has given me the ability to do? And men, I'm gonna talk to you for a second. men eyeballs here. Learn to say you're sorry. Pride will 100% hurt relationships. And one of the best gifts, men, that you can give is when you look at your kid and admit I was wrong and will you forgive me and I'll work on doing better. That will go a long way in your home. And, and, and do you, by the way, do you know why pride comes before the fall? Because pride covers your ability to see things as they are and the reason why you fall is because you trip because you can't see where you're walking anymore because your eyes are blinded. That's why pride comes before the fall. You know why God exalts the humble? Because the humble are, are, are careful with where they step. And so just, I do this all the time. The reason I tell you stories of how I mess things up is because I want you to understand that if God can use me, he can use anybody. And I sit down, I, I've messed stuff up with my kids all the time. Apparently I have this thing that when I get angry, my jaw clenches and my kids know that I'm mad. I get angry if I haven't been fed in a while. And my kid, like, so like before they want a decision to like give me an offering of food, I'm like, oh, okay, everything's great now. But I'll me- yeah, you know, like, but I'll, I'll mess things up and what I will do is say I was wrong. And I've asked my kids for forgiveness. It's a big deal. So train, train them to fear the Lord. All right, part two, and then we're done. So part one is modeling for our kids, part, or part one is training, part two is modeling. And then, and then in the middle of those verses in Deuteronomy, Moses is writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, there's here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And I just have that, that, those two verses in there parents, one of the best things that you can do is take this verse and live it out. And here's my last point, or here's my, my actually I have got more of this, but here's my, you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to be a perfect parent to be a good parent. And this is what I hope you understand is this, I think sometimes we look at all the other parents and assume that they have it better and doing it better than we are, because we know how bad we jack stuff up. That's why I want you to know, God believes in you. You've got this. No matter how bad, listen, God believes in you. So you don't have to be a perfect parent to be a good parent. You can absolutely do this. You know what the goal of being a good parent is? It's to be able to look at your kids and be able to say, listen, I may not have all the answers, but I know the one who does. And I'm gonna love the Lord my God with all my heart, even if it costs me. And I'm gonna be able to stand my ground and say, God, I'm gonna trust you. Even when things don't make sense, and I'm gonna be able to believe and to pray and to hope and to understand, that's what I'm gonna do. I may not be perfect, but I certainly can trust God. And I can point attention towards God. And so, like in our home, I've realized that this has actually freed me up because I am not a perfect parent. But what I can do is say, kids, even though I may not, because like they ask me questions. My, my kid's fifth grade homework. I'm like, I can't answer that question. I'm a grown man. This volume thing and like fraction, I haven't done that in years. Sometimes as parents, we don't have the answer. But you know what? One of the beautiful things we can do is say, you know what? We can go to the source of the one Who does? And so one of the things, that I, I if I do anything with my life, is that my kids understand that I may not be perfect, but God is a source that they can always turn to. So when our daughter got baptized here in Simpsonville at the church and she's putting a light in, we got home and one of the things that I was able to do is, I said, sweetie, this right here, I know it's a paper book, I know you have devices now and it's different, but I said, this is the Bible that I got when I was in high school and this is the Bible that I've had in college, and this is the Bible that's been to several countries, a lot of environments, and this is the Bible that has been written in for years and years and years, and this is the Bible that God has helped use to be able to shape who I am. And when she got baptized, we went home, and I said, I wanna take this, and I wanna be able to give this to you. And then maybe one day, if you have kids, you can hand it down. And I said, I hope that you understand that for the rest of your life, God will will love you more than I could ever love you. And as parents, can I just tell you something? God loves your kids more than you love your kids. And I said, if you can learn that this right here is the source, you're gonna be okay. This will steer you in where to live and who to hang out with and how to handle your money. I said, if I do anything, it's that you could trust this more than you trust anything else. So you don't have to be a good parent. You don't have to be a perfect parent to be able to be a good parent and a good parent's gonna point back to the source. So a couple of things just as we wrap up and these are gonna be fast and then we're done. Ready? Being a good parent, how do we do this? We point point to the source. You know you can show love constantly? We joke around a lot in our house but I tell our kids all the time that I love them. Let me say this, tell them you love them. Don't just assume that they know. Today, pull them aside, I love you. Tell them you love them. Show love constantly. Here's another one, ready? Listen often, listen often. Here's another one, make time for fun. Make time for fun. This seems random, but life is super stressful and the world is broken out there. Create an environment where there's laughter in the home. My, my, wife, <laughs> my wife is not a super big fan of this, but I allow our kids to punch me. <laughs> like, I think it's hilarious. And so like in the home, we'll get into like legit fights and like my, my, my 10-year-old, um, like and he's getting stronger, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, I need to change the rule on this. But like, whenever we start wrestling in the house, uh, and if my five year old hears it, he'll run across. Like, he's like FOMO. Like, if he hears a wrestling match going on, he will not not be a part of it. He hear a little foot, ah, and he'll jump in right in the middle of it. But it's really funny, and so I let them punch me. So we'll be out in public, and they're sitting with me, and they'll just straight hit me across the face. <laughs> There's been a couple times we're in public, and my wife's like, why do you let him do that? I'm like, ah. So now it's like, okay, guys, in public, don't hit daddy in the face. But at the house, what you got going on, son? So my five-year-old stepped up to me, like, fight me like a real man, anyway. <laughs> then, then there's a little bit of concern that we're gonna get called from the school and something's gonna happen. Where did he learn this from? I don't know. His mom, you know, I just said, sure. <laughs> Make time for fun. Here, here's here's a, we're done. Ready? Pray together. The enemy is actively coming against your home. The enemy is actively seeking to devour, and to derail, and to debunk and to destroy, and in the name of Jesus, God has called you to hold the gates of your house, and to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and in here, we may not be perfect, but there is one name that's above all names, his name is Jesus, and we will serve him, and so my challenge for you is this, parents in this room, don't allow the enemy to try and defeat you, listen, by the way, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world, so when the enemy comes against you, you declare the name of Jesus, and one of the things that you can do is you can begin to pray over your home, My son will not go to bed at night unless daddy prays over him. And I lay my hands on him when we pray. And my kids, and we be there. And when situations happen with all of my kids, we get together, the first thing we do is pray. Can I challenge you? First thing you can do is pray. So for the parents in this room that are going through prodigal pain, God understands. God is still able to redeem. For those who have kids in the home when you're leaning and treating, Maybe, I know I had a 1,000 points. Maybe one of these points is striking close to home and you can take them and use them. But either way, God believes in you. He's called you and you've got this. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, there is no one else who is like you. And in fact, Lord, you are our good father. For those who maybe didn't have a good earthly father, how beautiful it is that we can call you Father how your word can speak to us where we are, how your voice can still lead us and how you can teach us and how you can show us, God, you are good. So my hope and prayer, Lord, is that we would be men and women filled with homes that are not perfect homes, but homes at least, God, that'll say, as for me and my house, we will serve you and that we may experience the peace that you called us to, Lord, that we may see that you have vastly more for us than you'd ever want from us. And God, that you've given us kids so that we can help train and love and build and lead to you. We thank you for the incredible privilege of what this means. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. We love you, Jesus, In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, if you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you, over you, for you. God bless you. Have an incredible Sunday. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His Kingdom at therenovation.church.